Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. News Radio 840 WHAS welcomes you to Jim Strader Outdoors, the area's leading authority on hunting and fishing. Jim Strader Outdoors is brought to you by Monsey Oak Properties Heart Realty. For the outdoor home of your dreams, call Paul Thomas at 270-524-1980. Gary Roman's Firearm Service Center. Linden Animal Clinic, your pet's best friend. Sportsman's Taxidermy. Visit them at sportsmanstaxidermy.com. A.N. Roth Heating and Cooling, a family-owned business with over 100 years' experience in the Louisville area. Wildlife Habitat Solutions. Check Jim and his team on Facebook at Wildlife Habitat Solutions. And SMI Marine, getting your boat back on the water in no time. To join in on the conversation, call us at 571-8484 inside Louisville, 1-800-444-8484 outside of the metro, and pound 840 for Verizon wireless callers. Now, sit back and relax and enjoy the next two hours of Jim Strader Outdoors. We came from the West Virginia coal mines and the Rocky Mountains and the Western skies. I got a shotgun, a rifle, and a four-wheel drive, and a country boy can survive. We can skin a buck. Run a trot line and a country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Country boy can survive. Country folks can survive. Good evening. Everybody, Jim Strader here, and delighted to be with you again. Spring has sprung. Fishing's awesome. Turkey hunting's been good. It's just been a great time to enjoy the outdoors, and I hope you've been able to do so. I got a lot of things uh, to talk to you about tonight, and uh, we'll certainly be going over that as we go along, but I want to do my opening monologue here to kind of clue you in on some things that are a bit unusual, some things that are right on track, and uh, I'm also, uh, a little later in the program tonight, going to have Wes Thomas, professional bass fisherman from up around Madison, Indiana, Hanover area, actually, will be on with us to talk about bass fishing. He's been fishing not only locally, but around the country, and got some great reports for you. We're going to talk about technique that works now, choice of lures. We're going to kind of do a tutorial, if you will, on bass fishing, because it is the time the fish are shallow, and uh, things are really rocking, and we'll go into that in, in detail here in a minute. One of the things I want to start out mentioning is that 
a lot of the turkeys are nesting now. Uh, I'm getting pictures from folks who are flushing birds off the nests uh, while they're hunting and are doing farm work. Uh, one of my buddies, Larry Villines from down in West Kentucky, helped upon a nest that had 17 eggs in it. So that uh, obviously is a good indicator that they're finished laying. That's a big clutch. And uh, with this weather being the way it is, finally straightening out just a little bit, I'm sure a lot of the birds are finishing off laying their eggs and are going to start incubating, which means the gobblers are going to still be very receptive. So uh, I did want to pass that along. Um, bluegill fishing is really ramping up right now. The I fished several days this week, and the bluegill are definitely coming up on the flats and in the shallows. Uh, you can catch them with the usual variety of, of uh, live bait or artificial lures, of course. And the fish I caught, all of them were in water less than five feet deep. And I ran into several areas where males were starting to build nests and caught some really nice fish this week, which tickled me to death. I also continued catching some crappie that were still holding eggs and some males that were obviously still spawning because they were that jet black color and very, very shallow water uh, next to wooded cover. And in that regard, I want to pass along something that is, is really odd, but it's a good thing. Folks are continuing to catch lots of crappie at Lake Cumberland and Green River. Those are two hot spots right now where this delayed spawning uh, situation has been very, very evident, and guys are catching limits of fish in both lakes, and a lot of the females were still holding eggs. The males were brightly colored and on the beds, and this is due, no doubt, to all that crazy weather pattern we had earlier in the month, and this is one of the few times I think you'll see a very significant number of crappie uh still attempting to spawn at some of the lakes. I'm sure that's evident in some of the other lakes as well, but Green and, and uh, Cumberland are the two where it's been very, very evident. And I talked to folks this week who had caught their limit and half a day of fishing at both lakes. So uh, that's a good thing. And that mixing with the bluegill coming up is a very unusual crossover and something to really be excited about. I know it certainly gained my attention. and I've had a blast fishing several days this week, so it's time to get out there, and we've got the full moon coming uh, this Thursday, and you all know that I'm a big proponent of following moon phase and taking advantage of what it offers, and uh, these male bluegill will come up and start building nests in a big way this week. We are going to have a little bit of a cool down, uh, but most of that's weatherman talk. And what I mean by that is it's going to be a slightly below average, but it's not going to be a hard, uh, serious cold front that will send uh, the bluegills scuttering back down into deeper water. I don't expect to see that. Um, the bigger females are staging outside of those spawning areas that the bluegill use, and they're in a little deeper water. They're in water five to eight feet deep right now, 
and uh, while they're scattered a little harder to catch, those are the really big fish. We caught a bunch of big females this week that were 10 inches long, and those are big blue you know, anywhere. So uh, I did want to pass that along. Uh, shell crackers are red ear, however you want to refer to them. They're moving up as well, and will continue to do so. Uh, they're starting to build nests. We caught some really nice ones this week. And, man, I, I'd forgotten how hard those things fight. Boy, oh, boy, they they kind of remind me of a smallmouth when they make that streak and run right when they, they realize you've hooked them. And uh, they'll give you quite a tussle. And I know a lot of you are looking forward to fishing for these various species of panfish. So what I'm here to tell you is it's here, it's now, and it's it's rolling. And it's going to get better and better as we move through this month of May. As most of you know, this is the prime spawning month for these fish. And the next three to four weeks ought to really, really be magic. So, uh, they're in shallow water business. And, again, I'll kind of hold off on some of that for Brother Thomas. Uh, Wes Thomas, that is, the bass fisherman that's going to be on with me tonight. Uh, he's got some glowing reports from lakes around the region, and uh, he's been fishing Barkley and Kentucky Lake two days, so he's got some really good on-the-lake reports to share with us. So we will be reporting on those things. Uh, there's other fish that are active as well. Muskies are up shallow, cruising uh, at the lakes where they're uh, fish that you all are pursuing. Striper fishing has been excellent. Really, really good. Uh, my buddy Edwin probably with us a little later to talk about that situation down at Wolf Creek at Lake Cumberland. And he's got some really good fish reports to share with us as well. So we're going to push towards all that and get you up to speed on what's going on and hopefully provide some tips to help you catch a lot more bass this spring. All right, I got to go to break here to get things rolling. This Break is presented by my friends at SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Tim Addington and his staff are ready and willing to help you select a new boat. They've got StarCraft Center consoles and deck boats, a new line of Falcon bass boats, and a new line of low aluminum boats that they're very, very excited about. And obviously, they'll be glad to service your boat, uh, get it ready. Uh, troubleshoot any problems you're having with it. There are excellent mechanics over there. And the important thing to remember is you never get soaked by my friends at SMI Marine. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And again, we're going to talk bass fishing tonight with Wes Thomas. If you got any questions for Wes or myself about fishing in general or bass fishing in particular, the numbers as usual, 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. And uh, Wes, can you hear me all right? Yeah, Jim, I got you. Okay, very good, sir. I'm broadcasting from the Strader Ranch tonight uh, because of the COVID uh, uh, scare that's going around, so uh, we're been broadcast the last several weeks actually here from the house 
in an effort to keep everybody social distanced and do the bidding of the politicos of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I know I'm, you're like me. I'm on the road. I'm in my Ford pickup truck, so I guess I'm pretty well isolated, too. Well, you're like me. You've been social distancing on the lakes, and that's that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing. Hey, Wes, we're going to yes, talk about was. all kind of stuff uh, here on the program tonight, but I want to mention you're sponsored by Ranger Boats, Mercury Motors, Lose Rods and Reels, and the Indiana National Guard, who's been with you for years. Uh, you had mentioned a couple of these new products that you're excited about. You want to? start off with that uh yeah jim uh i just recently put uh, a new uh, mercury four stroke 250 on the back of my ranger boat and uh down at uh, kentucky lake over the weekend the first opportunity i had to run it and needless to say i am super impressed with that motor it is the slickest thing at this the the acceleration coming out of the hole is just as smooth as it can be. Your the mid range speed is wonderful. Uh, like I say, I just got to use it this weekend. Or still, I'm still trying to get a feel for it. But uh, quiet. And I ran around for two days on the lake, and I put eleven dollars worth of gas in my boat. You got to be kidding. No, I'm not. I put about three hours in on Thursday, and all, pretty much all long day on Friday, and I went to the gas pumps and put $11 worth of gas in that thing. Oh, that, that, that's, that's, that's crazy. Big. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I thought my gas gauge was stuck when I, it wasn't going down any. And I just for my own benefit, I went to the gas station. It was $11 in gas. Well. A dollar forty, something like that. Well, you and I both remember when on the weekend it was nothing to blow a hundred dollar bill on gas. Oh yeah, yeah, easily, easily. Uh, I mean, these new motors are expensive, uh, maybe out of reach for some people, uh, but I'm telling you, they are. And I've talked to a lot of people that's running them. Uh, there for a long time. There, they were hard to come by until Mercury could kind of get caught up with the demand for them. But they are a sweet, sweet motor. I'm telling you. What uh, that 250 on your Ranger? Which which model Ranger are you running now? Uh, the 520C. The uh, oh, it's the same model I've had for a good while. I I like the boat. It fishes well. It's uh, you know. It's, 21 foot, you might as well say. So, I mean, it's plenty big enough and uh, got a good wide beam on it. And uh, I fish extremely shallow when I can, when it'll, you know, when I think that's, and this boat will go in shallow. Even if, even with the size of the boat, I can go right in and fish in almost no water. You know, that's what I like about it. Yes. And, yes. and it's, it's responsive to your trolling motor as far as, I can run around on like 30% on my trolling motor and I can still, and I can move pretty effortlessly. And once I kind of get a little momentum going, the boat glides pretty good. So right. I'm not having to fight the trolling motor all the time to get the boat to move a little bit or something. Out of curiosity, because I know darn good well you did it. 
what's that motor giving you when you got it cranked all the way up in that boat? What? How fast is it going? <laughs> well, they say I'm going to probably be able to run 72, maybe even maybe as high as 74. Uh, I didn't try to attain that any over the weekend. I just want to get some more time on it. But uh, I cruised around pretty much just cruising around at about 50 mile an hour. It was just like Cadillac riding. I mean, you could push down on the throttle, and I use a hot foot, and, boy, you could just feel it take off. So, I mean, I don't know how it could get any better. But maybe it will, but I don't know. But it's all, I'm awful impressed. Well, I'll tell you what, though, if, if – uh... If you're getting that kind of gas uh, consumption out of that motor, it'll pay for itself in a couple of years, you know. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, you, I mean, I am. I looked. I looked around in the back compartment for the oil tank for about a half a day Thursday. Wanted to make sure I had enough oil. And I thought, shoot, I don't got no oil tank no more. I don't have to have that all that oil dump in here. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's it's a new day, buddy. It really is. <laughs> yep. I know you, you mentioned to me you're really excited about the new loose rods and reels that you just got, too. Right, right. I had an opportunity to start using some of those back in the winter down in Florida when we were down there. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, as, as impressed as I am with that Mercury, those new the new loose tournament TIs are the smoothest reel and the Mag Pros, those two reels are so smooth and will outcast anything I've ever used as far as if you're out fishing open water and you don't want to throw, you know, something a long ways. Right. Uh, both of them, super, a really good smooth drag on them. Uh, the, the reel handles have got a different type of a, a handle on them. And at first it took me a little bit to get used to the feel of it, but They've really come up with a good reel. I mean, those tournament TIs are top of the line, high dollar. But if any of that at all comes down into their lower entry level reels, that everything's going to have to be good. And I'm using the uh, Mark Rose Signature Series uh, jig and worm ledge rods. They're uh, seven foot two and seven foot six. And they're they really got the backbone, but they got enough tip where you can actually fish and and feel like you can really work your bait the way I want to do it. Just, I've been totally impressed with those two items also. So I've, I've had a really good time on the water. My boat's running good and looking good. And, and when I get up and start fishing, I feel like I'm really on the top of my game right now with that equipment. Well, that that's... A real boost of confidence at all times. Yeah. I've let some. I've let some of my friends fish with some of these lures that I've got, and uh -huh. uh, one guy is switching over already, and another guy is just waiting till he can get some money saved up to get some of them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, they're really a really a slick outfit. Well, good, good. I, I encourage people mm -hmm. to look at them. All right, Wes, I got to get yeah. a break here. Come back from break. We're going to talk about some of the lakes you've been fishing and technique. And again, folks, okay. number 571-8484 and 1-800-444-8484. This break is presented by Paul Thomas at Mossy Oak Properties, Hart Realty, all kinds of outdoor properties for sale. And he'd be delighted to talk to you about listing 
your farm or your outdoor property. Check them out at mopartrealty.com. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. And again, we're talking bass fishing tonight with Wes Thomas. He's a professional bass fisherman from southern Indiana. He's a well-traveled angler. He winters down in Florida on Lake Okeechobee and fishes salt in freshwater in Florida. And he uh, made a trip to Texas this year, which has been a, a special treat, of course. Now, you want to talk to Wes or myself about fishing tonight. The number is 571-8484 or 1-800-444-8484. Wes, can you hear me now? I got you, big Jimbo. boy, Wes, uh, you know, folks are always looking for destinations and new places to fish. And right. Texas is a very, very special state in that regard because of the size of the fish, the year-round activity of the fish, and you made a special trip over there. Uh, and, and also, you spent the winter down on Okeechobee. Talk about what was going on there, and then we'll morph into what's going on here. Well, at uh, Okeechobee, uh, of course, it's getting a lot of headlines with all the weed spraying they've been doing down there for several years, trying to kill all the hydrilla and stuff. And and at one time, if you would have told me they could kill all the hydrilla that was in Okeechobee, I'd say not in my lifetime. But they've about got her done, Jim. They've killed, they've sprayed so much down there, it's unbelievable. And, uh, but the fish are still there. Uh, the water level's gotten fairly fairly low right now and you really kind of need to know where you're going as far as uh hitting bottom and, and, and you know most people think of okeechobee they think well that's down in florida swamps and there's nothing hard on the bottom one one whole section of that lake is nothing but rock on the bottom and there's hundreds of lower units and props down there to prove it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that are no longer attached to the boat uh, but I've got some friends that just came back over the weekend. They go down every year in April and uh, bluegill fish. Uh, Okeechobee, bluegill and red ear, it's, it's a class uh, second to none for bluegill, red ear, and crappie, besides the bass fishing. Yes. And uh, when I talked to those guys the other day, they'd been there two two days. And they'd caught 70 crappie one day, and a, I'm sorry, 80 crappie and 170 bluegill in a couple of days there. And they catch them. Most of them are caught on uh, beetle spins and stuff. And uh, a lot of times they'll just take a little plastic body off the beetle spin and set a cricket up on there with ultralight equipment. They're on the beds. And, and it's just uh, unbelievable how many big old red ear and bluegill you can catch. Yeah, I and took, a lot of people took, come down there to, you know, to play bluegills out. So that's a that's a heck of a destination for this time of year is to go to Okeechobee for the bluegill fish. Uh, all winter long, we were down there. We, of course, we're bass fishing ninety percent of the time, and uh, we're there long enough that we branched out this year into some new territory, 
found some new places to fish that we'd never been before. Uh, South Florida is full of canals and channels and flooded places all over. And if you listen and talk to the right people, and you'll finally learn a little bit and get a can of some place. And we just caught a ton of nice fish down there this winter and some of the places we'd never even been before. Uh, a lot of your listeners I know have heard of Tommy Biffle, big MLF fisherman and stuff. He came down, him and his wife, and we took them to a couple of those places, and he couldn't believe the quality of fishing we were doing, and there was nobody else there. Nobody. I'll be done. So it's, it's really crazy. I would say, you know, anybody who wants to go down that part of the country and fish, Okeechobee's got a slew of really top quality guides. Uh, Ex-professional fisherman Tom Mann is there in Cluiston. A good friend of mine, Jerry Ware, and Kevin Long are there. They're all top quality guides on the lake every day. And it doesn't matter if you want to, this time of year, if you want a bluegill fish, they're more than qualified to do that, or if you want a bass fish. It'll be a great destination. It's not crowded down there right now at all. Okay. But, uh, we now, like it down there. We have a good time down there. We have a lot of guests come in, and, and we have a great time. Yeah, I, I know you've, you've uh, kind of set up winter quarters down there, and I'm tickled to death you're able to do that. Talk to us about Texas a little bit. Well, I, I've been to Texas quite a bit. I hadn't been for a few years, and there was about six or eight of us decided to go, and uh, – we rented a place down at Falcon Lake, which is right on the Texas-Mexican border. It kind of got famous for there had been some trouble there with the drug cartels and stuff a few years ago. I don't really know how that came about or what actually happened. I don't know if it was blown out of proportion or what, but uh, we just had a great time down there. Uh, got down there and was surprised that the lake was 38 foot low. It didn't even look like I'd ever seen the lake before. It was so such a strange-looking thing, 38 feet low. I guess. But uh, we finally, it took us about a day or two to figure it out and find where the fish were at, and we just had a great trip. Uh, there again, no problem with anything. Everybody was that we came in contact with, nice and friendly. The lake is patrolled heavily by the U.S. Coast Guard and the Texas DNR people, and... Uh, we just caught a lot, a lot of quality fish from, say, five and a half pounds. Just, I mean, just a great trip. Uh, I would recommend that to anybody. It's relatively inexpensive down there. We rented a house, a three-bedroom house down there for two weeks for $900. And we all stayed in it. Took, I mean, we couldn't have had a cheaper trip. I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, stopped it on the way back, stopped at Lake Fork there in Texas. And this is something we got there, and we were there just before the MLF people were going to come for their tournament. And when we got there, the water temperature was about 54 degrees, kind of nasty, cold-like. It was, And we struggled around there for a couple of days trying to, to get any bites. But every day... It got a little bit better and a little bit better. And the day that we left, 
about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it's like you turn the light switch on. From 1 o'clock to about 4 o'clock, I mean, those fish moved to the bank, and they were everywhere. The day before that, you had to struggle to get a bite. It was just like you could, I mean, you couldn't see the fish coming, but it was like, my gosh, the wave, there was a wave of them coming. I'll be darned. And anybody what? who watched that TV show, of the MLF, they saw what those guys caught that first day. It was unbelievable how many fish they caught. And that's what happened. If they'd have been there a week before, they wouldn't hardly, they, they would have struggled. But I'll be darned. Boom, that, that conditions got right. The water temperature got up there to about 62 or 3, and here come the fish. And it was just unbelievable to, to see them catch that many fish after, you know, after we left, so to speak. But what was the quality of those fish? Well, they set the record down there. There was a couple 10-pounders caught. Uh, you know, just a lot of nice five- and six-pound fish in that MLF that first day or two. And uh, that that lake is unique to the fact that there's, a, you know, a, a multitude of places to stay. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Kentucky Lake because most of the places on Lake Fork are kind of like mom-and-pop uh, fish camps with little motels or cabins or something like that for you to rent. And uh, it's not expensive at all and just uh, a great place. It's, it's not uh, it's not your big fancy motels and all the winging around. It's just out country fishing in amongst the pine trees and stuff in Texas. It's a great place to go. Recommend it to anybody. But there again, if you go to Lake Fork, know where you're going with your boat because it is full of stumps just under the water, and you'll find you some. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, there's some running lanes out there, and they have some maps of the running lanes. And if you're going to go down there and you don't know anything about it, get you a map for those running lanes. And you get out of those running lanes, you better be idling unless you really know where you're at because right. lots of stuff just under the surface of the water. I got you. Well, uh, yeah. Wes, I got to go to a quick break right here. And coming back from break, we'll talk about local stuff and get into technique and what have you. So, folks, okay. this break is presented by SMI Marine, 11400 Westport Road. Tim Addington and his staff are ready, willing, and able to help you get your boat ready or troubleshoot any problems you're having or set you up with uh, electronics. They've got an electronic center there, and they've got StarCraft Center console and deck boats, new line of Falcon bass boats, and a new line of low aluminum boats. Go see them. They'll take great care of you. And remember, you never get soaked by my friends at SMI. And we're back on Jim Strader Outdoors. Again, we're talking to Wes Thomas, bass fisherman from Southern Indiana. He's been a pro angler for many, many years now and valuable asset to us here on the program. Wes, let's talk about Kentucky yes, Lake and Barkley because you've got some really glowing reports and what I like about this is you're fresh off the water. So yes, give us about a little two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
the lakes uh, to be suitable for the way I like them. I wish that they were just a little higher, but uh, they were like 359.1 or 0.2 when I was there. And I could find some bushes and stuff, some of the buck brush. It still had enough water in them, but uh, you had to really kind of search and kind of know what you were looking for to find that. If you found that, there was a fish in there. I mean, you could catch you could catch several fish. Uh, another thing they were holding on was the, the uh, private boat docks and stuff, the post going out from the walkways or the post uh, where the dock was uh, held in place. Uh, any place you could find uh, that little brown dead grass along the shoreline and maybe a few of them yellow flowers. But uh, it was a, a good time to fish. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I broke off quite a few fish in uh, some of that brush and stuff, but that's just part of fishing. At least, at least I can say I had had a chance anyhow. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the big news is I know some of the fish have already started spawning down there, but with this full moon coming this week and temperatures the way they are, I look for this to be on fire for the next two weeks. Don't you? <clears throat> Oh, I think so. If we don't have some, if a, some kind of a cold front don't come in and mess them up, I think so, Jim. I caught uh, the five and a half pounder I caught today was already spawned out, but I caught some today also that their tails are just dripping blood. So I mean, they're in, the, they're they're wanting to to get in there and finish the spawn out. I caught a lot of uh, male bass in the area also, so the. The key is finding the, some cover with enough water. And I would, you know, the old rule of thumb at Kentucky and Barkley, you know, go to the back and go to the bush. Well, if you go to the backs of those coves right now, you won't catch very much because there's not enough water back there. What you got to do is find some little off cuts or little places along the edge before you go all the way back, that there may be just six or eight bushes there on a little gravelly point that sticks out. But underneath those bushes, there's eight, 10, 12 inches of water. And it's boats sitting out in three or four foot of water. That was the difference. Now, if I went clear to the back of some of those coves, uh, the boat sitting in 1.7 foot of water, and I'm pitching into bushes with eight inches of water under them and this wasn't the deal i see yeah yeah and it didn't take much but you had to find something where there was a little bit of water around it and a couple of my best little coves were over on the barclay side and they were just little stretches some of them wasn't 50 feet long but i knew the water was a little bit deeper there than it was in the in the rest of the cove and those and those are the bushes that I attacked and I, I fished them three days in a row and some of those bushes I caught multiple multiple fish all three days out from under some of those bushes I'd go I see maybe first thing in the morning and catch some go back at noon and catch some more underneath the same bushes okay but it had to be those key ones that had some depth under it. And what worked best for me is because 
those bushes got so much little twigs and limbs on them that it's hard to penetrate that to get your bait in there. And if you didn't get your bait in there towards the base of the bush, you might as well, you weren't going to get bit. You had to be somewhere around the base of it. And what's, what we've been doing the last several years, is, and it's kind of caught on, and some people know about it. We've been fishing a, a tube, and we rig it what we call stupid tube. And it's rigged uh, with a jig head, but it's rigged weedless. The jig head and stuff up inside the tube, and you superimpose the hook on the outside, kind of like if you were Texas rigging on that. And, uh, and that is the, that's a Jim Dandy thing, boy, to throw in those bushes because it's, it's compact. You don't have much hanging, no little tails or arms to hang on them little twiggy things. And, uh, can stay back from the bush a little bit, and this thing will underhand skip, and you can run it back two or three feet underneath the outside edge of those bushes into the base of the bush. Yep. And I think that's a key. And I know a lot of people don't want to know what I'm talking about when I say stupid tube. And uh, but the bait shops over in Indiana, uh, there's a new one over there on just off of Highway 60, off of Interstate 65, called Wuha. And uh, he's got stupid tube stuff in there and the jig heads. Uh, the bait okay. hey. around Greenwood. All right. Hey, Wes, yeah. I got to go to news break here. We'll be back with you here momentarily. And, folks, this break is presented by Mossy Oak Properties Heart Realty. Check them out, M-O-P-H-A-R-T, Realty.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.